This is the House Call. Welcome to the House Call podcast. I'm here with Ryan and Nick. I'm Elliot. Some big news around the NFL recently. Mahomes with the ankle sprain we saw in the Jaguars um, Chiefs game. The Chiefs kind of narrowly escaped that one. Um, but Andy Reid said he's, quote, in a good place. So I'm not a big expert on ankle sprains. I'm not sure how that's going to play out. I think it'll definitely be a factor in the AFC Championship game against the Bengals this weekend, though. Uh, Aaron Rodgers potentially may be traded. His top three landing destinations, according to CBS, are the Jets, the Raiders, and the Titans. So that could shake things up quite a bit if he goes to any of those places. And Tom Brady on his podcast, Let's Go, had a, an interesting answer. It was in a joking way, but um, when Jim Gray asked him, you know, do you know what you're going to do after the season? He said, quote, if I knew what I was going to effing do, I would have already effing done it. And then like, he laughed at him. He wasn't like mad, but yeah, it was uh, a little crazy. Anyways, we had a, a big, big uh, divisional weekend. The Jaguars Chiefs, we can start with that one. The Chiefs beat the Jags 27-20. Uh, Ryan, what were your biggest takes from this game? Oh, well, I mean, you said it here first that that Mahomes injury, you know, looking at someone of his caliber and, and doing what he has done for the Chiefs this season, especially losing a lot of their key pieces and, you know, going into another deep playoff run coming in now, uh, you know, they, they win this game. But again, like you said, it, it, they narrowly escaped. You know, we saw Jacksonville put up a fight, and I think we all expected that going into it after their performance against the Chargers. You know, no matter what, Chargers going to Charger, you know, coming back from down 27 is no is no mistake. You know, so I think we, we had to give the Jaguars their credit, and, and they kind of earned it a little bit there at, uh, at Arrowhead. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I like what I saw from Mahomes in the game, even when he got his ankle sprain. He was 22 for 30 on his passing. And I, I think that's probably what raises the eyes to me the most is with the Jaguars defense and the Jaguars pass rush, he was able to carve up and, and, and rarely miss a throw. And overall, seeing Pacheco eclipse 12 carries for 95 yards made me happy seeing that they were able to use that and, and incorporate the run game a little bit more and actually have like a true power runner. Um, as, as well as Travis Kelsey, what a day for him. 14 receptions, 98 yards and two touchdowns. You know, we're seeing the Chiefs kind of explode like they normally do in the playoffs. But again, I, I think it raises a couple red flags on, on, on you know, A, their ability to score points. Um, obviously, you know, Mahomes was out and, and Chad Henney came in and, and had himself, a, you know, 20 some yards and a touchdown, played a clean drive. And uh, yeah, overall, I, I think it was a good game. This was probably the, the most competitive game, ironically enough, uh, I think. Yeah, perhaps probably. because of the injury of this divisional round. So, yeah, overall, good game. I'm questioning Kansas City a little bit more now going into it with the injury, but also just with their performance overall. They played good, but they didn't play Kansas City good. So, I don't know. We'll see how that's going to match up in the AFC Championship. Yeah. Nick, so last season, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags went 2-15 and with maybe one of the worst head coaches ever in the history of the NFL, Urban Meyer. Didn't even make it the full season. How does your opinion of him change after seeing the playoff run this season? So if you go back way back to, you know, the beginning of the uh, the NFL season, uh, Jaguars are two and one. And I was sitting here on the on the podcast and I'm a big believer in the Jaguars, in Doug Peterson and everything that the Jaguars are doing. So I think that they just built a, such a great foundation for this year for trevor lawrence to build on for next year and for the future years people forget that 
Trevor Lawrence was a, is a generational talent on on the field, and uh, he's get, he 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 has the ability to be in MVP talks uh, for the rest of his career if he plays up to his potential. Yeah, that's definitely true. But I, I do like what Doug Peterson is doing over there, um, and for the uh, Kansas City side, the narrative with they're coming in the season without Tyree Kill, I thought you know really didn't even phase him almost like fourteen and three. Like with really all their losses were pretty dang competitive, um, and you know they even with the the whole Demar Hamlin situation with the Bills Bengals, they still would have gotten the one seed no matter who won that game. So I, I thought that was nice that they they ended up going that route, and I do like that it worked out. So like we didn't have to resort to any of the tiebreakers that they thought about, like the neutral site or the coin flip. I thought it was nice that everything just went the way it was supposed to go. All right, so moving on, Eagles Giants. Eagles routed the Giants, thirty-eight seven. I mean, that's like Georgia TCU in the national championship. That was like, it was insane. It was like the Giants were like a peewee football team and the Eagles were a professional football team. Um, I don't know. Ryan, what does this tell you about this Eagles team? I mean, damn. All right. I, I think it, it says a lot about the Giants, but in particular, let's talk about the Eagles. So number one, it tells me a lot about Jalen Hurts. All right. Being able to perform that well when you have, you know, the all pro Dexter Lawrence and you have one of the rookie sta standouts in Kayvon Thibodeau and overall a really underrated but really good defense going into this. And you had a bye week and sometimes that can be good and sometimes that can be bad. We've seen that affect players and teams in different ways throughout seasons, especially in the postseason. Um, but, you know, coming into it. I, I really thought it was going to be a more competitive game. And overall, I think what dominated the most, if I had to pick between the two sides, the Eagles offense just is, when clicking on all cylinders, damn near unstoppable. The tandem between Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown, and they're, like, they are so perfectly woven together. The peanut butter and jelly, I feel like. They are one of, if not the best Know, receiver tandems in this league at least remaining in the playoffs and overall especially with Jalen Hurts's ability on the ground and through the air and their their debt overall I mean Boston Scott the New York Giants kryptonite had him another tutty in this game and I think not only was their offense so lights out this is what propelled their defense to play so well to only allow them to score seven I think that's one of the coolest things I've seen about Philadelphia this season is is how much the success of one side of the ball can portray on the opposite side of the football. This is more about watching the game as opposed to looking at the stats. And when you watch the Philadelphia Eagles play, when the offense plays good, the defense starts to play pretty damn good too. And they work in unison. They work as a team. And that's why they dominated the shit out of out of the Giants because you know you got a you got a first year head coach you got a lot of these young players the Giants made one roster move during the offseason barely any changes you can't expect too much so first of all Giants kudos for having a great season when no one expected you to you used your draft picks well you did what you did in the offseason get rid of Kenny Galladay whatever but for the Eagles right now they needed this game in order to have a fighting chance going up against the 49ers. If they don't route the Giants in the same way they did, I would not be as torn on who to pick in this game or as at least, you know, deciding on how competitive it's going to be. What the Eagles told me in this game is we're here and we're here to compete and we're here to compete for a Lombardi. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and to go back to your peanut butter jelly analogy, 
when you've got an excellent defense and the quarterback runs, your two pieces of white bread, you got a pretty good sandwich right there. Yeah, when Nick Sirianni is the white bread. Yeah, 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 that, yeah that's it. <laughs> There's a lot, lot more bread than people are enjoying. But um, Nick, it does go back to um, the season the Giants had. A lot of people were calling for Brian Devil to be coach of the year. I, I don't know. Do you think that this negatively impacts that argument? I, I don't think that the playoffs should ever impact uh, the regular season awards, but uh, it will have a, you know, a lingering taste to the people to, for the for some voters because that was the last thing that they saw from the Giants. And, you know, it was a it was an abysmal performance. Um, the Eagles, the Eagles uh, rushed for 268 yards and uh, the Giants had 227 total yards of offense. So. They they outgained their offense just in, in rushing, uh, and that's just pretty unheard of, especially uh, come playoff come playoff time, divisional round. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you look at the Eagles' season, they started what twelve and one, finished fourteen and three. That that last stretch, even the like the win, the last game where they clinched the one seed, the last three games without Jalen did not look great. Did not look great at all. Um, and I, I really think they needed this uh, to be able to regain confidence like we know what we have to do because when you play bad for three games and you go on a bye sometimes teams just don't come out the same we saw it last year with uh aaron Rodgers and the packers who just came out and choked in the first round to the 49ers despite going 13 and 4 or whatever it was i mean it, it happens all the time in football that brings us to the Bengals bills that was i thought easily the most surprising game i did not I mean, maybe I saw Bengals win. I did not see a Bengals 17-point win. I mean, I thought that was ridiculous. Ryan, what do you think on this game? So this is actually crazy because I, I, I was with you during the wild card predictions episode, and we were talking about, you know, the AFC and how it's kind of tricky to figure out who's going to come out of the AFC. And I remember us, uh, us making a bit of a cliff note on the Bengals. And I remember I, I picked the Bengals to come out of the AFC, and damn straight, it looks like they're going to do it, especially after this game. Holy shit. I have never seen the Buffalo Bills with their tails tucked between their legs so hard before. It's, I mean, it's bad. I haven't seen it since the, the four Super Bowls and four losses. Look, <laughs> Joe Burrow sliced this defense. Joe Burrow made a 17-point differential game look like a slaughter fest again if you watch this football game buffalo not only looked out of sync they looked scared and in the complete opposite way the Bengals more poised than ever more hungry than ever and damn they're cocky but they can back it up and they did in this game joe burrow over 200 yards and two touchdowns he outran josh allen in this game less carries more rushing yards when the hell does that happen and overall buffalo had 63 total rushing yards between the tandem of singletary and cook and then you have one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the league in josh allen and you can only put up 63 rushing yards against the Bengals, and you're making eli apple look like a, a, a top tier corner stefan diggs is, is, is and he's talking like a top tier corner too yeah i mean don't get me wrong eli apple is is burnt toast I, I will say this. I I will say this ever since last season in the Super Bowl. Then, and I don't care what they do, what he does this season. He's still burnt toast. But regardless, the Bengals 
like I said weeks ago, are the most complete team in the AFC race right now. Honestly, probably in the NFL. From coaching all the way down to offense, defense, special teams, depth, all of it. And not only that, but again, it's the same thing with the Eagles. They gel well together. They play well together. They rally together. And they did that a lot in this game against Buffalo. In a snow game where Buffalo should have dominated the weather mishap, they found a way to come out on top and sling, and especially those first two drives. If Cincinnati plays football like they did the first half of this game against Buffalo, they're not being beat. That's flat out to me. I've never seen someone so calm in a game like that. And then it portray against an entire team. And that's why I'm wearing the shicey stage. Shout out Joe Burrow. What a game by him and what a season overall. I'm rooting for you, bro. Yeah, I mean, if you think back to last season, the, the Bengals really, I don't think anyone really thought they were going to win the Super Bowl until they beat the Chiefs. Like, they, they really ramped it up as the season went along. We're seeing that now. I mean, even like week 14, 15, like it was still kind of like, yeah, I don't know if they're really Bengals. legit or not. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's the Bengals. They're probably a little Super Bowl hangover, even though they didn't win. But then like, as you keep going up, getting closer to the big game, they're playing better. They're playing the best football in January and February. So I don't know. I think they really do have a shot. As of right now, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. My prediction is Bengals over Eagles. Wait, sorry. Eagles over Bengals. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, sorry. Eagles <laughs> over Bengals. Over. I bet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Bengals yeah, yeah. over Chiefs. They're 3-0 and in, 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 the, in their last matchups. And, and if you look yeah. at the stat lines between Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes in these matchups, there's way more of a gap than there should be. Yeah, absolutely. The argument is starting to be made. And I don't want to, you know, push a Kyle Brandt move, but I've I've been an avid Patrick Mahomes hater for a minute now because of the situation he got put Me in. Too. If you check my all three phases podcast way back when, when I did that before I joined this fantastic brand, I talked so much shit on the Chiefs and ate a Carolina Reaper because of it. But regardless, Joe Burrow is making a case. And it's time that we all listen a little bit, especially what happens this Sunday. I am always i'm a little bit biased because i'm a big brady fan right so i love i love watching players like quarterbacks i love watching great quarterbacks until someone's like he's gonna be the goat i think he's gonna yeah. dethrone brady the next time I'm like, brady? Yeah. you know what Once i don't want to see another Super brady, Bowl my ears shut off yeah gone yeah but Burrow's the closest fucking thing that's all i'm saying in terms of the intangibles which is what we're seeing when we watch it on tv he's sure. got it they yeah. literally did a, a psychology experiment on him as a kid and found out he had the same pulse efficiency as a serial killer. In the same way that his pulse wouldn't change whether he's relaxing in a lounge chair or saving a child from a house fire. The man is built for this shit. It's in his DNA. Nick, if you're a Bills fan, where do, you, where do you go from here? Because you've had several seasons now, three seasons in a row, where you've won the division and you're looking to make a deep playoff run and you don't. Right. I mean, like, what? How do you? How do you move forward? I think that I, the Bills need to make some changes. Uh, offensive coordinator, offensive line, um, running back. They, they're doing the same thing and getting the same, getting the same outcome. So, you, and then the media just wants to uh, crown Josh Allen as you know one of the guys that is competing with the Mahomes and the Burrows and uh, Josh Allen. The, there's just no. Uh, there's no accountability right now. It's like he hasn't done anything. He hasn't led them to the Super Bowl yet. He's 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 got one divisional. Uh, he's won one divisional thing in his in his uh, career so far. 
I just think that uh, yeah, I just think that the Bills uh they they need to they need to make some big changes to to compete with with uh, the Bengals and the Chiefs for next year. Yeah, I mean, I think generally people like to assign blame. Like it has to be one person's fault. So like, I mean, if you, you look at it, the, the Bills are still thirteen and three. Like they still had a great season, even of if course. you didn't get to the ultimate goal. But at what point does it become on Josh Allen and on Sean McDermott? And we need to start making some changes at the top because our guys aren't getting it done right now or not. I, th- I think Josh Allen's been been scathing right under everyone's radar and not getting enough blame. I mean, think about it. In a game that, you know, a big playoff game, he doesn't throw a single touchdown and actually turns the ball over and proceeds to go 25 for 42. Look, yeah. I'm not, I- I've been saying for a minute that Josh Allen's play, when we were talking again about our AFC contenders, the Bills, but specifically Josh Allen, had been playing a little bit suspect in those last few games. We saw against the Bears. Even though it was a 35-10 win, he produced one touchdown and two interceptions. We're not seeing the same Josh Allen come down to the later stretch of these games, especially on the turnover sides of it. And I think we need to give a little more blame to the defensive side. Leslie Frazier needs his questioning just as much as the OC does. You cannot allow Skylar Thompson's offense in Miami to put up 31 on your ass and make it yeah. a competitive game, let alone put up 27 consecutively. These, the defense is now, we've gotten to a point with the Buffalo Bills where their record allows us to just consistently say the same things we said about them last season. But there are so many things different. The defense is not as consistent. Josh Allen is not as consistent. The whole team in itself is not as consistent. So whatever that is, however they need to fix it, they got to figure it out. But again, that's another thing where does it does does that take a roster move to change or does that take a culture move to change? You know, does it, it does there need again, like I feel like in the right direction of a coordinator or someone in the front office even perhaps. I mean, we saw Brandon Bean on an interview talk about the the Bengals having to have some lean years so they could get all these star powers without having big contracts and that mm-hmm. they don't want to suck for some years to get you know these star players so they're not willing to sacrifice and they've made that clear so I don't know the it, the the ball is in Buffalo's court right now and they seem to just be dribbling the shot clock out hoping sure. for a miracle next season yeah and to go yeah. back to your point on I'm sorry Nick go ahead I was just gonna say like how how long how how many years are we going to see Josh Allen in the postseason for him to have that performance that we're all waiting for? The the biggest like the biggest uh, performance that we all remember is his loss against Kansas City as his big time playoff performance. So uh, Brock Purdy's already won a couple in his first year. Joe Burrow had a playoff moment his first year. Mahomes led led the Chiefs. To the to the Super Bowl his first year, great quarterbacks are Conference gonna have the championship. Okay. Brady, that was Rams. Okay, Rams okay. So um, the the uh, the great quarterbacks though are gonna are gonna lead their teams and they're gonna have their greatest moments in the playoffs when the when the 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 the, the lights are shining the brightest. Yeah, and Ryan, to go back to your point on Josh Allen. I thought his red zone interceptions were a hugely swept under the rug part of his game. I mean, those are killer. That's probably why he lost the three games. It was 
I don't know. Especially, even like the one against the Patriots, the last game of the regular season, we were in it. Yeah. We shouldn't have been in it because they no, we, yeah. like two kick return touchdowns back. Yeah, There's and, no way and, we yeah, should be in that game. game still, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, especially the red zone interceptions too. Like, though, you cannot be that careless with the football, especially if you want to consistently be a contender for the Super Bowl. Like, teams that win Super Bowls and teams that win playoff games don't make those mistakes. And those mistakes fall on the hands of Josh Allen, and he makes those mistakes, and yet we, we, we see no blame. So, you know, we got to put Josh Allen in the hot seat a little bit like we did after his rookie year. And I think what, when we did that, he shined the next season. So, you know, maybe he needs a little criticism and, and maybe we'll see a little better from him next year in terms of taking care of the football. But right now, that's that's their kryptonite is their inability to take care of the football, especially after they've driven down the field. Yep, because after a certain point, you got to start winning or else you're taken as an Aaron Rodgers and you're like, yeah. Maybe he was a good quarterback, but he's never, yeah. ever going to be in a GOAT conversation because he won one ring. One yeah. ring. Yep. Like, you can't you can't do that. Anyway, on that note, Cowboys 49ers. This is probably, like, not not the best game. I, I don't know. hard to watch. <laughs> that, was, that was a rough one. But Brock Purdy and the Niners got it done 19-12. What are you thinking on that, Ryan? I mean, okay, so obviously there's a couple things. First of all, the, the known statement. Dak is ass. I'm glad to say this is yeah. back in full fledged. And, you know, even after he beat Tampa, you know, I still didn't doubt in my mind that that was the only win they were going to get. And lo and behold, here we are. Dallas is going home. I mean, how, how many times are we going to see the same fucking story? Dallas has a run a little bit. They get a little shaky. They get back on momentum. Maybe they win one playoff game. Most likely they'll win none. But in this case, they won one and they faced what I said was the most scary team right now in San Francisco with their abilities on offense yeah. and, and having the seventh round, Mr. Irrelevant looking like a rookie of the year candidate and only playing less than half of the season. I mean, that's that's unheard of. And Kyle Shanahan needs so much more credit for that. And I think he is, is my coach of the year candidate without a doubt. But that being said, they only scored 19 points. Now, this is where, obviously, we see Dallas's defense kind of come into the mix a little bit. We saw De um, Demarcus Lawrence give him a little bit of trouble. Now, Trent Williams held his own against Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons wasn't necessarily a big factor in this football game. He made plays like Micah Parsons does, but Demarcus Lawrence was doing most of the work on McGlinchey on the right side. And we saw what happens, you know, when there is a little bit of pressure in Purdy's face. And, you know, that's where the inexperience comes into it. And, and we'll see what he can do, obviously, going up against Philly. But there's no need to talk about Dallas. They played way under their potential. I don't even want to try and explain what the hell the play call was at the end of the game. I'd... Sure, let's put matter. a running right. back at center. Here's, here's That's my thing cheating. on the play call. You see the Pat McAfee show segment where they're talking about does this dethrone the Colts Patriots play as the worst play oh, in NFL yeah. history? Yeah. Here's the thing. It's close. It's, but it's no. the last play of the game. Yeah. You're just trying stuff. You're at like what, like the you're, 20 you're, or something, yeah. and you need a touchdown. You can run yeah. some weird formations. Close yeah. pictures play was in the middle of the freaking game. There's no reason to run it. Yeah, it was it a fourth and three. It was yeah. yeah, I was that was stupid. But yeah. I, yeah, I don't think it trumps that necessarily because right. of the game situation. But putting Zeke at center and then watching him getting leveled like a G6, I, I couldn't I couldn't yeah. stand to watch it. It was it was sad. <laughs> And then watching Mike McCarthy stiff arm the fucking cameraman, like great class, bro. Appreciate it. Way, way to make a case for your job next year. All I'm saying is Dallas does what Dallas does. 
and I would say maybe it raises some flags for San Francisco, but I'm just saying this is a case of, you know, we can't expect Brock Purdy to win every game by 21 plus points. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, the same way we don't expect any to do that. And, and for us to do that with Brock Purdy and the 49ers would be asinine. And I think they won this game in the only way they could. It was a gritty game. The rivalry was there. Again, Purdy's inexperienced with the pass rush, made it a little difficult at times. But, you know, we saw people make plays when they needed to. Christian McCaffrey has been the most wonderful addition for this team right now and i think is one of the main reasons they're still competing at such a high level and yeah i think going into next week they're no they're no weaker than they were going into this dallas game so san francisco is still up top in terms of in terms of being dangerous for me yeah and for the record i think that dallas defense was severely underrated and i think it was yeah, probably oh, 100%. the only reason they were in at 12 and 5 was because of that defense i don't think the offense was worth very much and that pass rush, like you were saying, Micah Parsons, Defensive Player of the Year candidate, up against yeah. a quarterback, not just a rookie quarterback, quarterback who's been for like six games. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. I thought Brock Purdy, he didn't he didn't make a ton of mistakes that you would expect a rookie exactly. to make. Exactly. He didn't. He he, there were some times. Game. Right, yeah. There were some times where you're like, you know what? It would have been nice if you'd made that throw. But yeah. it, it wasn't a pick. So, like, at the end of the day, I don't know. Uh, Nick, do you think you think he can keep it going? You think Brock can, has the strength to carry this team? So I think that d the Dallas defense outlined what Philadelphia has to do. When you slow down the running game for the 49ers, the 49ers offense doesn't look that scary. When you're having Brock Purdy back there and you really don't have to wor worry about McCaffrey or Debo running on you for 30, 40, 50 yards, you're going to make him throw those slants or uh the uh the the in routes and we already have seen him miss a few a couple of them should have been picked last week he was very lucky that they didn't and i don't think that uh, if he does those same things against the eagles the eagles will capitalize and it, it'll it'll get out of hand because i don't i i don't know if brock Purdy will be capable of leading uh a, a comeback win in the nfc championship game yeah i'm right there with you yeah but um Dallas uh I mean where 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 does Dallas go from here cuz Dak Dak now has the same record as Tony Romo Cancun Yeah so they're <laughs> da both Dak and Tony were 2 and 4 in the playoffs both 0 and 3 in the divisional round So it's just been the same story different QB every single year and Cowboy fans will continue to say it's their year every year and they will continue not to get past the divisional round Y'all are not them boys. It's, it's, <laughs> it gets proved and proved again. I'd say out of all these games, this is the most Jimmy G game I've seen out of Brock Purdy. Clean overall, made a couple of sketchy throws, definitely missed a few, but again, did what he had to do with the team around him to get the win. And we saw the 49ers play that exact same football last year. And yeah, so even if Brock Purdy's having not the best day, they can win against tough defenses. Now, again, going into the Eagles, it's a lot more high powered of an offense but I wouldn't say it's equally as high powered as a pass rush. So, you know, there, there's 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 good and there's bad. So it's definitely interesting to, to look at that matchup. So Nick, if you're the 49ers and you have this guy in Brock Purdy, let's say, let's say for the sake of argument, the 49ers win the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy is undefeated in his stint as a 49ers starter. And you're going into the next season. You have the potential for Trey Lance to come back. You have the potential for Jimmy G to come back. And you've got your quarterback who just didn't lose you a game and won you a Super Bowl. 
what do you do? That's kind of an impossible situation because you've invested so much into Trey Lance. And even Jimmy G's been there. He has the experience. He's led him to a Super Bowl. What do you do? Well, I think he just said it there. You, they, they, they just had a guy who, who led them to the Super Bowl. So you're going you're gonna to ride with the guy who hasn't lost, has given you everything you need on this offense, doesn't turn the ball over, and lets the playmakers around him do all the playmaking. I mean, Trey Lance is great and everything, but out of the few games that he played, I didn't see anything special from him. I don't think he will be that special given a full year of healthiness. Uh, I just don't, he's, he's, a good, he's a great runner, but I think that they've already shown willingness to get rid of Jimmy. So that's that's a guaranteed. Yeah, uh, that's true. I think that you'll they'll, they'll they'd stick they'd, they'd have Trey Lance as a backup or maybe explore trade trade options if you know they're blown away. Um, I but I see them keeping Trey Lance as a security and then I would see uh, Brock Purdy as the start starter next for next year. Ryan, what is it going to take for this 49ers team to knock out arguably the number one team in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles? What are they going to ha- what's going to have to happen for that to happen? Man, all right. In simpleton terms, what's going to have to happen is the second half against the Seahawks. That. If they can complete and replicate that blueprint of the second half where they played against the Seahawks, that is how they take out on this team. Now, again, I feel like this question could go either way. I feel like either of these teams could have been the one seed. And, you know, overall, I think it came down to strength of schedule for Philadelphia. And, you know, looking at it, both of these teams are going into a difficult matchup. Um, you know, 49ers definitely being the second seed, having to go meet Philly at home. So you have some definite advantages towards Philadelphia. But I think for the 49ers, it's just don't don't get too complicated. Don't get too complicated. Do what you've been doing. Kyle Shanahan's an absolute genius offensively. And like I said, with the lack of insane pass rush ability like we saw against the Cowboys, they're going to have more time. And, and that's how we've seen the 49ers explode on offense. When Brock Purdy sits in a wide open pocket, 10 yards drop back, and lays it 30 yards to a wide open Brandon IU on an in route. It just seems to make itself work every single time, and there's no questioning it. And then once those plays open up, then you got the run plays. Then you got Chris McCaffrey. Elijah Mitchell had a really good game against the Cowboys. They're finding a way to work him back in. You work in the run game, you then work in play action. And once they have effectively gotten to play action football, that is where the 49ers have won this game offensively. And I think the defense can do the rest. I mean, you have the sack leader and Nick Bosa you know who got to rest a good chunk of that game against dallas so he's fired up and he's ready to go and who i would agree with some takes i've seen is the best linebacker duo in the league between dre greenlaw and fred warner and you know them commanding the field especially making jalen hurts who i think has gotten a little too much praise for this season i want to be honest i don't think jalen hurts is like at that elite passer tier he's an elite runner He's not quite an elite passer right now. I haven't seen enough. It's been one season in which he's been hurt for a few games, and I've also seen some flashes where he hasn't played so good. I mean, against the Commanders, their first loss, that was sketchy. So, again, with Hurts, I'm not 100% as confident in him as a lot of people are. And I think once the 49ers can open their playbook a little bit with their defense, the matchup that they have, and like I said, the play action, that's that's it. That's wraps once they got it. So... I'm, I'm taking the 49ers without a doubt. 
without wow. a doubt, I've got You're the Niners right now. in this game. Oh, right now. Yeah, wow. I'm not even letting – I mean, I thought it was obvious, but I'll let it up for, you know, just, just on the floor. Overall, I mean, I don't see how Philadelphia can get into a point where they control this game just like they did with the Giants. And that's really the only way that they can sol solidly win these games and, and solidify this NFC title for them. And I think, again, the Niners just have so much momentum going into it. An undefeated Brock Purdy, a team that just, again, the chemistry is amazing between Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo. And yeah, overall, the coaching difference. I mean, the gap between Shanahan and Sirianni is massive, and no one talks about it. So I think overall, and it's going to come down to experience too, man. Yeah. Experience yep. always kills in the playoffs. And who's got more? You know, well, all but signs point to San Francisco. Who has more experience blowing big playoff leads? The Chargers. No, <laughs> well, hey, that's true. I that's true. I, 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 no, but yes, I, I see. I understand. I see where you're coming from. But overall, the last coach that, you know, went to go make the Philadelphia Eagles great again is already in Jacksonville doing the same thing for them. So I'm not going to give Sirianni the same credit I'm giving Doug Peterson for that season, especially being a Pats fan. That one stung, but respect is given when it's earned. So overall, I think the Niners, if they don't make it too complicated and they develop their offense throughout this game and be, be the second half team that they are. I mean, we saw they were down to the Seahawks in the first half, and yet they blew them out by 25 plus by the end of it. I'm going to say right now, I got the Eagles. And I know that's... Ooh. Yeah, I know. In LA's second discrepancy. Yeah. Let me tell you, I'm going one for one. On the second <laughs> one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Because, uh, right, yeah, because we both got Cincy. That's, that's true. That's true. Now, Nick, got to be the tiebreaker here. Who's who's winning this? Who's winning? Come on, Nick. Come so, on. I, I've been saying the 49ers, they were my pick, you know, uh, oh. before the playoffs started. I liked exactly what they were doing. And I I can't give up on that pick, but I do see how the Eagles would win because McCaffrey looked a little bit hurt at the end of the game. He had the heat wrap on his calf. They were li limiting him to only the third down uh, spot, third down running back in the last, I think, three drives, which really uh, just, you know, it's a, it's a thing to keep an eye out for. And um, it, it is just finally the game. Brock Purdy has a bad game, but I, I just think I just think that it's a it's the story. It's a it's a perfect story. So Brock Purdy, he's gonna he's gonna lead his team to the Super Bowl, and he's got that Kurt Warner type of story, you know, oh, from, yeah. from, from nothing to American uh, underdog, the American underdog from nothing to to the Super Bowl. So I'm gonna ride with the 49ers. Hey, I'm just saying though, you know what else is a good story? The Eagles last season getting blown out in the wild card by the GOAT. And then they fly up to the one seed and they fly to the Super Bowl. And then they, they get the last left. <laughs> All right, different conversation. That's for two weeks. Regardless, now. regardless. Regardless, regardless. Um, hey, I like the adversity. I like being two it. against one. I'm the one. Yeah, That's hey, American this, this happened last right time. I, I like a man with with some honor, and you you seem to got quite a hefty amount on you. Thank you, thank you. You, you stick to your picks. You, you got to, you got to. How could you not? Oh yeah. All right. Well, Chiefs, uh, Bengals. Obviously, I think Ryan. I know where your head's at. Nick, who's winning this? So I have the Bengals winning. 
I just think okay. that when you when you have Mahomes with a with an <laughs> ankle sprain, he he wasn't limping uh, today, but give it a few hits. He relies on his athleticism. Yeah. He relies on his legs to make those plays and his capability. They, yeah. That, yeah, I think with if that if he gets limited just a tad bit with that, it, that that difference will will make or break the game, and that's why I have Bengals. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I honestly though, I would have taken them if Patrick Mahomes is 100 healthy. Um, I just think the Bengals have the Chiefs number. Whatever they're doing, that it, it happens in sports where like some teams do something and it beats a lot of people, but other teams just know how to beat it, how to beat one team specifically, and that's the Bengals for the uh, for the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I don't I, know. I I I I haven't seen a QB put his his. Uh, his team in the right position every single play like Joe Burrow since Peyton Manning. So he he audibles, he gets his wide receivers in play. He's got, he's got the running back. He knows exactly what he's doing every single time. He's the smartest QB out there and he's going to lead his team to the to the Super Bowl and, he, and he's going to win it this year. Ooh, that is Damn, a tough conversation. The full take. Love I guess it, why, don't, why don't we just bite the bullet here? So Nick, you have I'm, oh, Bengals over uh, 49ers, I suppose. Yeah. But you, you pick the 49ers and you're picking the Bengals. Okay, okay. Ryan, what's yours? So, Super yeah, in, in the wild card matchup, I had the Niners coming out of the NFC and I had the Bengals probably coming out of the AFC. And, you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to stick with that exact pick because it, it, you know, it, it looks like it's going to happen. And overall, in the Super Bowl, I got to go with Joe Cool, man. Got to go with Joe Cool. Got, you know, quarterbacks named Joe seem to know how to win Super Bowls. And I, I think he'll fall under this category after his second attempt. You know, even though if they do play the Niners, it's going to be a really tough game. I feel like, like, like Nick was saying, you know, it's, it's just that killer instinct, that ability to control the game from start to finish, put your team in the best situation possible. And that's what you need to do as a quarterback. And he does that better than, than anyone remaining right now. You know, obviously Mahomes being injured makes it a little difficult to make a case. But yeah, as well as, you know, his point on, on the escapability, the mobility, it doesn't get looked at enough how mobile of a quarterback Patrick Mahomes is and how much that yeah. extends yeah. the plays and, and yeah. how much that is is reliant on their success. And, you know, without that ability and looking at, especially Cincinnati with, with Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard, you know, underrated pass rushers, both of them, especially Hendrickson, having well, 14 and a half, 14 sacks in like two, last two seasons. Regardless, if I'm wrong on that stat, he's been a dog. I don't need to be correct. Right. Long story short, with the shriveled O-line, with Orlando Brown Jr. at left tackle, okay, with their with their shriveled O-line and Mahomes' now shriveled ankle, I don't feel like he can compete at the tier he needs to without the Tyreek Hill, without the rest of his supporting cast on defense. And, you know, overall, with Cincinnati, had been having their number for the past few years so i'm um, yeah it's got to be cincy and it's got to be the niners and i think i think since he's just going to take it off of pure I'm, i don't know i'm gonna just stick with shanks and stage i could be totally wrong and say something else come next week with no i like happen. it i like it but hey man yeah <laughs> joe burr joe burr for the win so that, that's what i'm going yeah um i completely agree with your take on the chiefs i think we saw what happens with patrick Mahomes when he doesn't have a full o line 
fucking Super 55. Yeah, yeah see? And yeah. he's got a bum ankle yeah. on top of it. This, I don't know. This man right here made a yeah. very big problem for him. Devin they White. They wrote the, the blueprints the back then. The two, That's true. The two high safeties, the two deep safeties, ran at 81%. That was more than any other defense. And they limited the Chiefs to no touchdowns and nine total points. That's true. Um, oh, hey. Yeah. Uh, if it is the 49ers coming out of the NFC and the Bengals out of the AFC, I would pick the Bengals. However, I have oh, the I Eagles think. coming out of the NFC, and I think oh. the Bengals will get to, and the Eagles will get there, and it's the same narrative as last year, where the Bengals are really hot and they're playing football at the right time, but the super team is just going to get them. The team that's been dominating all year, and really two of their losses weren't even losses, like is it, without their starting quarterback, and their one loss was, was by one score off the questionable rough in the passer call. I think the Eagles have the manpower and the will and the coaching and the skill to beat them. It'll be close, though. It will not be a blowout. Yeah, and that's not even like an egregious take. Like, I could yeah. understand, like, especially with the 49ers-Philly game, I could see Philly winning this game without a doubt. Again, it, it, it just all depends on who's playing their best football right now. Because at that's their true. best, these teams are, like you said, the two best teams in the league remaining, you know, to compete. So whoever comes out of this should win the Super Bowl. And, you know, overall, when clicking on all cylinders, with Jalen Hurts having a little bit more experience, you know, overall, just leading a team, he, he yep. could very well make a case. Yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, this has been the House Call Podcast. Thank you to our sponsors, Liquid IV. Make sure you follow us on all social medias, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, obviously YouTube. Subscribe as well. Uh, check out our merch store. Check out our website for blogs, all that great stuff. Guys, it's been a pleasure. This is the House Call Podcast. Sign it out.